Welcome to Episode 3, Ties of Brothers. To recap the story so far, the former champion Carthage receives a roundhouse kick from the new kid, Rome. Carthage staggers back, but he is not down for the count. During their break, Carthage used Hamilcar Barker to gather new resources in Iberia. Iberia is what the ancients called the area of Spain and Portugal now. Hamilcar would die there after betrayal. Eventually, his oldest son, Hannibal, took control of the territories held by his father. He was fueled by vengeance. Hannibal, after some training, starts round two with a new kid. Rome, also wanting to finish this fight, was already waiting in the corner for the bell. Dearest children, let me ask you, is genius really so close to madness? If so, then a general who wins one of the greatest battles of history must be a genius. So how could that man be also a bit mad? With such a great victory at Cannae, Hannibal did not march on Rome. He did not announce a new kingdom of Italy. Honestly, he did not even think of making himself king of Carthage. No, he used that victory to gain a faraway ally and control of the allied cities who had no armies. Moments after Cannae, even his own officers were preparing to conquer Rome herself. They had a reasonable minds. But he did not agree. His plan from the start was to make Rome how she was in years past, just another local power. In this, he made a fatal flaw in Roman culture. With the horrid smell of death still in the air, he decided his next move. He has only been in Roman lands for three years and has already avenged the generation lost during the long First Punic War. If Hamilcar, his father, was here as a victor of Cannae, he would have sent assassins into Rome to wipe clean the stain of the Roman Senate. Hannibal was not his father, but a cruel imitation of brilliance and stubbornness. Riding at full speed from Cannae with a young Roman officer, a survivor, who regrouped with the last consul in the city of Canusium. Varro could see enemies all around him. He had wanted this battle. He acted like a dictator and did not listen to his fellow consul. Worse, he acted like a king. This was a great chance in his mind for himself to be assassinated, murdered, avenged, rightfully killed. He looked at his soldiers his fellow countrymen, thinking, How long until they betray me? I, the last consul, would they wait until I get to Rome, on the way to Rome, or maybe that night? Varro knew he had a target on his head. The Senate probably declared him an enemy of the state. Even still, with his fears, he held to his job and duties. He was the consul. 
He left with every officer and soldier who survived who would follow him after the worst day in Roman history. This included the young man, Scipio. This young man would remember this disaster and the enemy general who slaughtered his fellow citizens like pigs. Rome was in a panic. Only rumors spread of the Roman and their allies laid out on the field of Canai dead. Even the consuls are lost. Bavaro, now taking the wise words of exiled consul Hollis, he approached the capital with caution, with what remained of the greatest army ever gathered by the Romans. He entered the capital, and when that body of the state, the Senate, heard of Varro's survival, they erupted in celebrations of this blessed news. These were the only good news, however. The heirs of Alexander the Great in Macedon declared war on Rome. A Gallic tribe in the Pro River Valley destroyed what remained of the Roman army there, ending in the legion commander's skull being used as a cup. Mmm. <sighs> Nothing beats that fresh taste of victory. Capua, Rome's sister city, rebelled and put themselves under Hannibal's control. If they had an army, that is. Down in Sicily, rebellions occurred all around the island, especially at the major city of Syracuse. Hannibal was still going to win. He was a genius, after all. He sent two messages out, one to Rome and the other to Carthage. The man going to the Roman capital was barred from entering the city. So thinking fast, he shouted his general's words. Defeat is not easy to understand, but you are defeated. I have Roman soldiers in captivity. Pay us for their safety or know who caused their death. The Senate would not deal though. Do with them as you must. Understand that until your army leaves Italy, we will consider you the enemy and will never deal with you. The Senate was then overrun by a new enemy, the patrician class. They assaulted them, begging them, pleading with them, allow them to buy their sons, to buy their brothers, to buy their father's freedom. From Hannibal. But the Senate would not allow this. Even these men at the very top of the pyramid could not get their way. The Senate was resolved and made a law decreeing that no Roman could buy any of these men's freedoms. The other messenger sent to Carthage did much better. He braved the summer heat and a Roman fleet. He looked upon Carthage, that great city of wealth and power of the old world. He made it to the Bursa, the old fortress in the center of the city. Finally, he walked through and into a meeting of the Garcia. It was Hannibal's brother Mago. He carried a large sack with him, 
the Carthaginian leaders was taken aback from his sudden appearance. And then silently, he walked over and threw the bag on the floor. In front of their feet, they could hear the cling of precious metals, and then blood seeped out. The Sulfit, the man who led the nation, asked Mago, What is the meaning of this gift? No, this curse. Mago told him, This is the fruit of the Balka family. Mago lifted the bag up, and thousands of gold rings of all precious metals fell to the floor. Some still attached to cut up fingers. At once the sulfid understood. These was taken from the enemy after a great victory. The sulfid asked, What can we do? Mago responded, More men and money. The Garcia approved easily. Tens of thousands of mercenaries were called up. This was Hannibal's plan, how to win the war quickly and put the final nail in the Roman coffin if they would not surrender. But, sadly for Hannibal, the goddess of fortune already left the great commander behind. Mago was not sent to Italy to aid his older brother, but back to Iberia, for reports have come in that a Roman army under Publius Scipio has landed. Mago quickly reached Iberia and met up with his other brother Hasdrubal. Mago was chosen because Punic control in Iberia could not falter. There could be no risks here. These two Balkan brothers will control the war in Iberia. Now facing them was Publius Scipio and his brother Calvis Scipio who had been fighting in Iberia for the last several years. They were both ex-consuls and experienced fighters. It was fight night in Iberia, round one. Scipios versus Barkids. Let's get ready to rumble!